Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Hey, I just want to share something with you that's crazy. I've been doing a little bit of study just on uh, the Pentecostal heritage of of, uh, of South Australia and, and and just our roots a little bit. And so I started, I, I came across a book written by Barry Chant and I, I've made, I've just made a few little notes. So right now, if you're watching, you're watching, uh, we, I, I didn't realize that really it's about now that Adelaide has had Pentecostal Christians for about a hundred years. And and we're here tonight uh, really because of one woman who got filled with the Holy Spirit called Mrs. Collie. And she uh, had an encounter with God and God touched her. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that at the end of my, of my message. But if you're watching and you're with us online, I'd love you to turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy in chapter 1. And I want to have a look at verse... Let's have a look at verse 3, just to put some context around it. Paul's writing to his son in the Lord, and he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. I love that. The faith that your grandma had and your mum had, it's also in you. And he says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. It's in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, stir up or agitate, disturb, wake up the gift of God. That's the, the Holy Ghost on the inside of him. He says, he says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Can I remind you, maybe as Paul reminded you, I, I, I feel like God's called me to be somebody who reminds the church to keep the gift of God stirred up on the inside of them. I, I, you've got to understand that the gift of God, Paul knew it's not enough to simply receive the gift of God. It must stay active. The Spirit of God alive on the inside of you, uh, stoking the fire, fanning into flames, stirring up the gift of God that's in you. Paul knew it's not enough to get filled one time. He even said to the church at Ephesus, be being continually filled. Be filled in a constant perpetual state of the infilling of the Spirit of God. And I want to remind us, those that are watching from our church, from across the world, there's a, an anointing of God that most of you uh, might have received years ago. But I'm believing it would be alive as much in 2020 as it has ever been in the history of your world. And, and he says here, he says, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul knew it wasn't enough. To simply receive it must stay active. And Timothy is now being told it's his responsibility to be a keeper of that flame. It's his responsibility to be a keeper of the Spirit of God on the inside of his world. And I guess I 
just wanted to talk to you a little bit and not really preach a full message, but for those that are watching, just talk to you about how do we, how do we keep the gift of God stirred up on the inside of us? What is a breeding ground for the Holy Ghost in you? Paul writes, it simply says in verse chapter, uh, verse number, sorry, five, he says, uh, I call to remembrance a genuine faith that is in you. And he said, I'm persuaded it's in you. That, that genuine, that sincere assurance and conviction of the Word of God, that that power of God is in you, that that faith is in you. He says, I call remembrance. I, I remind you, stir it up. I know there's a genuine faith. It's one of the breeding grounds for the power of God. And he says, I know that's in you. And so he starts talking about it, stirring his faith. I know there's faith in you. Maybe you're watching right now and you feel like giving up. Can I remind you, there's faith that's given to you by God. Stir up that faith. It's a breeding ground for supernatural activity and, and for the power of God. And you've got to understand, faith. I preached to our church Sunday night. I was talking about uh, with great power in the book of Acts chapter 4, the apostles gave witness to the fact that Jesus was alive and great grace was upon them. They had, they had the power of the Holy Spirit, but when they linked it to faith and praying to God, it became great power and it became great grace. And, and right here, he says, you've got a genuine faith. And, and he's basically saying the same thing. He's saying, bring that in, consecrate it, stir it up, get, get in the presence of God and you Use that faith you have to step into a whole new dimension of anointing and, and breakthrough in Jesus' name. And he says, he says, you've got genuine faith. And, and then, and then he, he says, therefore, he says, I remind you, you've got faith. You've got that breeding ground. So therefore, what's that therefore, therefore? Whenever there's a word therefore, you've got to ask the question, what's that therefore, therefore? He's talking about genuine faith and he's talking about how it's in him. That generational anointing that was on his grandma and on his mum. Seems like all these women are the ones that usher in the Holy Ghost. It's very intimidating. And I don't know uh, what my Acts 29 friends think of that, but I'm good with it. And, and I, I just want to say this for just one moment. Paul's saying to him, you've got genuine faith. And the second thought, he says, therefore, I remind you. And that word remind really means to bring to remembrance like a reflex. So if a challenge comes, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you're dealing with stuff, oh, Holy Spirit, I bless you. If you're in a storm, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank, Lord, I'm hungry after your presence. I praise you. I magnify you. I worship you. I exalt you. I lift you up. I, I magnify you as King of kings and Lord of lords. You are beautiful. You are magnificent. And as you, it starts to become a reflex. You, do you know, uh, you, you actually have to develop and train your thirst for the things of God. And that can become your default when trouble comes. Oh, I just, I'm automatically reminding myself. But Timothy forgot to remind himself. Paul says, I remind you, in other words, I, I, I remind you and, and, and I, I, I implore you to let your, your, your hunger for God be like a reflex that God can just work in your world, where it almost gets to a point, like Wigglesworth used to say, I don't pray longer than 15 minutes, but I never go 15 minutes without praying. Uninterrupted fellowship with God knowing the Spirit of God, being able to just step into the supernatural. Do you know, we, we've been going about life. I've been, been home. Uh, my kids are in bed. I ran the bath for my boy and I come into church and, and here I am. And you just take one step and boom, you walk into the presence of God. You leave time and eternity at the door and you walk in with, with other people and 
of course, there's not that many because of social distancing, but, but you walk into the presence of God together and there He is. And I'll tell you, it's the thing I'm missing most is getting together with God's people. And I know you are. Don't get too comfortable watching church at home. It's not the new normal. If it becomes a new normal in Life Point Church, we won't stream. We want to get you back here because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, uh, do not forsake the assembling together of the saints. We're doing this at home because we have to for a while, but we're going to assemble together. And when we come together, we're two or three are gathered in His name. There He is. Breakthrough's going to happen, corporate and not. We're going to have a revival on the other side of this. In the name, my God, I'm getting pumped. Jesus, help me. Remind yourself. I'm getting so pumped, I can't even think about my own thoughts here. Remind yourself as a reflex. Make it habitual. Make it a habit to talk to the Holy Ghost. Make it a habit for tongues to flow out of your life. And then, so He says, remind yourself. I remind you, so get a reminder working in your life to stir up, to stir yourself. I think there's very many ways of stirring yourself. And if I could break this into some sub-thoughts, I'll move quickly. But I believe one of the first ways that we can stir ourselves up in God is to be flammable. I want to be a flammable Christian. If you light a match... In the Holy Ghost around me, I want to I go up. This old uh, preacher in America used to say, dip me in the kerosene of thy salvation. Then, Lord, set me ablaze. And, and I, I want to encourage, I, I pray that we'd be the kind of Christians that if there's a bit of fire, whew, man, we'll, 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 go, we'll go with that. Because here's the thing, I don't want to have the ministry of wet blanket. I, I don't want to have the ministry. I don't want to have quench the fire ministries. I want to have catch the fire ministries. I, I, don't, want, I, don't, want to, I don't want to be the wet blanket. There's always someone in the church that will put a wet blanket on your encounter with God. There's always somebody that wants to minimize it and say, oh, you're just stuck in that era. Yeah, I'm stuck in an era called Pentecost. It happened 2,000 years ago and I'm staying in the river. The Bible says there is a river. Some people go, oh, well, it's 2020. Let me tell you, right now we've got COVID. Right now we've got flu. I got people ringing me up, ministers that are depressed. How are you going to get through? And I tell them how I'm getting through. And they say, I don't know if I agree with the way you're talking, but they're the ones ringing me. I've got my joy. I've got my faith. I've got my victory. Why? Because one of my defaults is stir up the gift that's on the inside. How do you stay flammable? Well, there's a few ways. Don't put the fire out. The Bible says God opposes the proud. So let's not be too proud to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. That sounds to me like quenching whatever God wants to do in my world. Another one would be, would be, would be division because division is, is a fire uh, quencher because the fire of God is when we're together in unity, there God pours out the fire from heaven and, and touches people. Another thing uh, that I'd be encouraging you to do is not ignore the Spirit of God. He says, don't be ignorant concerning spiritual things. First Thessalonians 5.19, don't quench the Spirit. Let's not have the ministry of wet blanket. I, you know, sometimes our church gets a little wild around here. I love it. I love it when the Spirit of God starts moving and someone walks in here. The power of God touches people. You know, I was just in, in the bakery the other day getting some, uh, some, some bread products. And uh, there's a guy that came in that I hadn't seen for a long time. And I'd, he'd actually been in my conversations in the previous days. And, and, and the reason he was in my conversations is I was thinking of a story. The first time Rodney Howard Brown came to our church when we were over at our Ridgehaven, uh, over in Ridgehaven in our old building, 
he says uh, to, to the person who was dating at the time, if this move of God is real, Rodney Howard Brown's gonna call me out and lay hands on me. Otherwise, I think it's fake. And you know, we, our building is packed to the doors. I mean, in that building, I think there was over 400 in that service back in our old building. It was pretty cool to see the place. We was jammed to the doors. The meeting went for about four hours. Rodney finishes the meeting and he hands the mic to me and he walks off. And the guy behind me, all I wanted to do is say to Rodney, pray for the guy behind me. His whole face on the line. And, and I didn't say anything like that. I just took the mic, getting ready to close out the service. Rodney then walks back, grabs the mic back out of my hand, points to him and says, you, come here. Calls him out. He says, uh, what's your name? And the guy says his name. He says, what do you do? He says, I'm a chef. And Rodney says, that's an important job. Lays hands on him. The guy hits the ground under the power of God. He gives me the mic and he walks off. I love that. I, 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 that's the kind of space I want to live in. Not, not one that puts out the fire, but that's totally aware of the agenda of God. Totally prophetically inclined to the Spirit of God. I want to be flammable. I want our church to be a flammable church. When you come back, be, be, let's, let's be flammable. I, I pray there's enough oxygen in the Spirit to light this place up in the name of Jesus Christ. And the other one is in Acts 7, 51, resisting the Spirit. I don't want to resist. I pray for people sometimes. They'll do anything but fall out under the power. I mean, they'll stand like this. They'll, 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 they'll do all kinds of things. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll sing at me. I pray for some people and they're at the altar. That, you know, you put your hand on at the top of the lungs. How great is our God? It's like, shh. So there's a lot of outgoings. You need an incoming. You, you need God to fill you. Don't fill my space. I want to pray for you. I want to see the power of God touch you. And, and you know, this is the stuff I preach everywhere I go because I want to teach people to receive from heaven. The Bible says, draw with joy from the wells of salvation. We draw with our Holy Ghost bucket. And I remember Pastor Rodney Howe Brown saying, some people don't even know they've got a bucket. Some people, your bucket's been stolen. Or when you left your last church, you left your bucket there. Maybe there's a hole in your bucket. I don't know what's going on in your world, but learn to receive from heaven again and be filled again with the anointing of God. Let the Spirit of God get it. Let's not resist. Let's not, let's not have our, our predisposition to keep God in a box. Religion will keep God in a box. I think David, King David, danced before the Lord like a wild man because he managed to get God in a box. I mean, we've got God out of a box and some of us can't even clap our hands and shout a little bit. Imagine what David would have danced like if he was living in the day we're living in right now, where he had the fullness of God available to him. I want to encourage you. Let's not be resistant to the Spirit of God. Let's not be too smart for the Holy Ghost. Let's not be so educated that we dissect the frog rather than just watching the frog live and be what it needs to be. You learn so much more when something's alive than when you dissect it. So many people have dissected move of God, moves of God. They, they've analysed moves of God. They've written about moves of God. They just haven't had one. I'm not trying to write about them. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to I just want to have one. I want to. I just want to be filled with His anointing, that abiding sense of the Spirit of God. And so right now, wherever you are, open your heart because I believe the Spirit of God wants to touch you and fill you. In fact, you need to reach into this realm and pull something into this realm by the power of the Holy Spirit. Another, another way to stir yourself up is to be God aware, God inside minded. I don't have too much time to talk about all of these things because I, I, I want to get to my next point because I think it's stronger, but it's just my own opinion. I guess you can judge for yourself because the audience is always right. But being God 
inside-minded, aware of God on the inside of you? Can He speak to you? If you're going down one track, is, is the voice of God loud enough in your life to move you to where you need to go? I, I feel like in this season for our church, for the ministries here, for what God's doing, we've had to be incredibly nimble to, I'm not saying we have been, I'm saying, but we need to be. And, and I believe we're doing our best, but very nimble in, 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 in what we're doing in order to listen to what God's saying. Because right now, you, the Twitter will tell you to do something. The advertiser will tell you to do something. Health professionals will tell you to do something. And we obviously submit to those. And, and, but there's a, a thousand opinions as to how things should be done, even at a government level, in every level. So what do we do as a church? We've actually ultimately got to listen to God. Yeah. Say, God, how do we do this with wisdom and and anointing, and I feel like God has helped us. And as a church, we're seeing blessing coming into this place, even in, in what is a difficult season. And I thank God for your support and, and, and for joining with us. But I want to encourage you, let, let's keep being a people that stir ourselves up in God, listen to God, be God inside-minded, keep reminding ourselves to stir ourselves in the things of God. And then Paul says, uh, the gift of God, which you receive, stir yourself up, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Through which you receive through the laying on of my hands. He says, basically, it was in you through me. And so I believe, I can tell you when I got filled with the Spirit, He came upon me through somebody else. But I pray He comes on me to go through me to touch somebody else. And, and in this season, what's a great way to stir up the Spirit of God? It's, it's releasing the anointing of heaven. It's seeing people touched by the power of God. It's seeing our city uh, have a church and, and there's so many others that are alive with the power of God. But ultimately, I wanna just say this. Paul ultimately is saying to Timothy, you receive the gift of God. Maybe if Daniel can come, you receive the gift of God, but you have to be a keeper of your own flame. And in this season, in this COVID-19 season, uh, and in the seasons to come, we've got to be keepers of the flame that God has given. I'm responsible for the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I mean, he's, a, he's the Holy Spirit. He's God. I'm not, I'm, uh, he's not submitted to me, but I'm responsible to keep an environment within my spirit that cultivates the person, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I couldn't help but thinking, and if you're, if you're just tuning in, this is so fascinating to me. I've been reading a little bit. Can I get a little bit of keys through my monitor too, if that's okay? And, and you know, I've been reading uh, this, this book called Hearts of Fire, a bit of a history of the move of the Spirit in South Australia. And it's crazy because the move of the Spirit in South Australia started pretty much a hundred years ago to right now. There's a lady who lived in McGill. McGill, I mean, I was basically drove through McGill on Sunday afternoon, taking my boy to catch lizards down at the park. And, and in McGill, there was a lady called Mrs. Collie, her granddaughter Tia, I think it's Tia Michaeloff, is an old paradise saint. She used to sing an opera song after the offering every now and then. It's kind of her. And then Bernard Hull did a couple back in the day. I remember that as well. And But Mrs. Collie started, she got filled with the Spirit. She was the only Pentecostal, I think in Adelaide at the time. So she's filled with the Spirit and it starts having meetings in her house. And in March 1922, Smith Wigglesworth comes to Adelaide and holds meetings in the Protestant Hall in Hindmarsh Square in Adelaide, leaving a church of 50 to 100 people in Leave It Hall in Wakefield in Adelaide. And out of that, there's a couple of home groups, including uh, 
the pillar fence in, uh, in Parkside, the pillar fence. I spoke to Pastor Andrew Evans today. He was telling me the pillar fence were good people. And, and then there was uh, Mrs. Chamberlain. She had a bit of a house church in, 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 in Hyde Park. And it was all sort of connected to this 50 to 100 people meeting in the hall after Wigglesworth. And so continued under Brother Reishink and, and Brother Retchford. And then Amy Semple McPherson comes from Los Angeles. And they have a big open air kind of meeting in Victoria Square and the church grew and grew. And, and then in 1923, a famous yellow book came from America about demons. If you had demons, you had to cough them up into paper bags and it sort of affected the church a little bit. And so uh, basically a lot of people left. And, and then at that point, Donald G came. I don't know if Dan Hamilton's watching, but he gave me a book called Pentecost by Donald G. I never thought that Donald G would have preached in our church, by the way. And so Donald G, one of our guest speakers, came recently, 1924, actually 23. And so he comes and corrects the doctrine and causes a bit of an emergency meeting. And some left and just didn't go to church for a while. They eventually came back. Another group went to Mrs. Chamberlain's house and they started a church. That church went on to become Influencers Church. The remaining church... There was only about two or three people left, but that remaining church uh, continued on. And, and basically uh, they had about two or three people for a little while. It got as low as that for a couple of services. And then a South African evangelist, they say is a, a little man by the name of Isaac Hugo comes and preaches uh, to, to the church and grows it to 250 people by 1926. And a famous evangelist, Frederick Van Eyck came. And then in 1927, there was a, a revival crusade with uh, Cyrus Fockler. And then the church got left uh, to a lady by the name of Sister Joy. Pauline Heath was the name they called her, Sister Joy. In 1940, they bought land in Compton Street. And in 1978, they relocated right here to Modbury North. And the crazy thing is, if you follow the trail of our church right here, I'm preaching from the first Pentecostal church in South Australia. Isn't that amazing? Who would have thought? Life Point Church established 1922. We had a colourful period where there was a little bit of vomiting in paper bags, but we've stopped that. We're actually bringing it back for Holy Spirit Conference 2021. But I think Mrs. Collie, what if she didn't protect the flame that's on the inside of her? What if Mrs. Collie said, yeah, I've been filled with the Spirit, but I'm not going to do anything with His power. She wouldn't have had the faith to ask Wigglesworth. They reckon Wigglesworth's meetings here in Adelaide were some of the smallest meetings. But it left a church, talking about Influences Church, that really changed the entire Pentecostal landscape of the Southern Hemisphere. You just think, what if Mrs. Collie we wouldn't have Planet Shakers. We wouldn't have Life Point. We wouldn't have Edge Church. Probably wouldn't have Kingdom City. We probably wouldn't have Arise Church in New Zealand. We definitely wouldn't have Shakers. I said that. We wouldn't have so many of the great churches. We wouldn't have IC Church in Brisbane. We wouldn't have any of the Assemblies of God churches in Adelaide at all. So we wouldn't have Life. We wouldn't have uh, Enjoy Church. We wouldn't have Salt Encounter Church. Chris Collins was watching. I love you, Chris Collins. Uh, we wouldn't have uh, all of the other churches in our city that have gone on to birth churches and, and start ministries. All because Mrs. Collie knew she needed to be a keeper of the flame. 
I thank God for Mrs. Collie. I think we should name our coffee shop Mrs. Collie's Coffee Shop. And Sister Joy, who took on the church and they rebuilt it and got it into a building. And in 1940, some saints gave all they had to buy a little, build a little church. And that building's still there. And then people had vision to move into the suburbs so the church could grow. We're here today. I'm preaching here tonight purely because Mrs. Collie was a keeper of the flame. What are you doing with the Spirit of God on the inside of you? What are you doing with your anointing? I pray God doesn't just pour His anointing out on us and we do nothing with His anointing. Lord, I thank You for the anointing of God. Use us, touch people and minister to people. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.